At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to Knife Talk, another fine episode where myself, Marekko Marmassi, and Jeff Fader of Fader Knives, um, we talk knives and a bunch of other stuff as well, but we, we try to stick on the, on the on the subject of knives at least. So welcome, thank you for joining us. Um, Jeff, how's your week been? How are things? It sucked. It sucked. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it had, no, it's, I shouldn't say that. It hasn't sucked. I, it was fine, um, except for the fact that on Tuesday... The all of a sudden one half of my shop the power went off which is weird. Oh. So I immediately went over to the breaker box. The breakers were fine and it was a very strange thing. None of the breakers had flipped over, and turns out the transformer outside the building there's this like this you know cable that goes from the building from the street to the building was like yeah. dangling. And I had talked oh, to the, and the manager the manager of the building and I. Had, he said it happened before, and they just they just every time there's a big storm, something happens to this transformer. So he says that we've gotten a hold of them; and they're supposed to be here to fix it. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll just get some you know extension cords, and and then you know Tuesday rolls around. Was it like Back to the Future? Were you hanging off, and the thunderstorms happening, and you're trying to put these wires together? <laughs> right. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm Doc. I'm Doc. I'm like, <laughs> okay, Marty. So no, it was it was it was me with a, uh, not knowing what was working and what wasn't working. Like some of my wires were working, some of them weren't. Most of them on one side weren't. So I had to like stick, you know, extension cords everywhere. And then I ran out of extension cords, so I couldn't use this grinder. And then I had to unplug and then do this one, and it was extraordinarily frustrating. But then. I was talking to the manager, and he was having nothing but problems with Con Edison. And they said, "Well, you got to talk to your, you got to get your electrician to come." And then they file a report, and we're like, "We send a picture of this like dangling thing," and I'm like, "This is you need a, a electrician to tell you this is fucked up." And you know, all the 220 was out in the building, so 
you know, there's a the guy who paints cars. He couldn't he couldn't use his spray booth, and uh-huh. now I couldn't use my heat treating ovens. And now today's gotten cold, and I was like, yeah, I might as well burn a little bit of oil. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, oil my heater's on 220, so I'm just sour. I'm fucking sour. Mm. Sour. So when is that expected to be fixed? It was supposed to be fixed on Wednesday. It's Friday, oh. so it's like, oh so it's just like it's all bureaucracy, and 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 then of course I'm an idiot, and I'm turning on machines, and I'm, I got whole, I got uh, wires all over the place. So you know, I turn on one of the grinders, and you know, one of the wires, I cut the I cut the the plug to the uh, porto band. So I cut that in two, you know, it was in the way. So it was like I had to go get, you know, all these replacement plugs. And it was just, I was irritated. But then yeah. I got to do um, my first knife for this set going out. And I'm going to be doing watercolors for that. And I'm excited because I'm ahead on that because I can't fucking heat treat other things. So right. it was a lot of grinding and hand sanding and, you know, preparation and blah, 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 blah. But I'm sour. Things, I'm really sour. Things can only get better. Maybe we'll see. <sighs> well, I've got I've got an extremely bad head today. Um, so right I'm here. in the UK. I'm in the UK. Um, and t- well, actually, we were going to come back tomorrow. We've got a flight booked for tomorrow, but we're putting that off until Thursday now. So we're staying an extra few days, um, just because we haven't managed to do much at all, like see a lot of family and all that kind of stuff. So we're staying an extra few days. But um, went out last night with my brothers and my father for a few drinks and yeah i'm suffering badly Out i'm not used the whiskey. to it yeah oh god no whiskey god no <laughs> just just be stuff. i'm just not used to it you know I'm, i can't i can't drink you know you, so yeah i'm very fragile not, i'm sorry for interrupting but you may or may not have sent me a drunken email <laughs> I did respond to an email that you sent me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I saw it this morning. I was like, what? Shall I read it? Shall no, I read it's it? fine. It's fine. Are you sure? I'm quite I'm sure. I'm going to fucking save this thing for the rest of my life. It was a real fucking loving. Oh, boy. It was, it was, it was so a... anyway, you had sent me the email with the with the details of your interview with Toma, which yeah. you did for Full Blast, which I've been yeah. listening to. I haven't finished it yet, but I started listening to that today. Yeah. Um, it's very good. It's very, so much that I didn't know about him. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. an interesting guy. He Actually, in regards to like, if you like, I hate the whole like, I'm here to inspire you. But like mm. his story is fucking inspiring. I mean, he came yeah. back from... You know, just about as, I mean, failure upon failure. He didn't graduate from college because his, his uh, university, because his project, they failed him. He had to go back yeah. another year, and that's, oh, Jesus. that you'll have to get into the story for that. But it was, well, really I haven't good. got to the end oh. yet, so I don't know if it all turns out well. I don't know yeah. yet. This, so, I'm looking yeah. at this email. I'm going to hold off on the email. I'm going to tell him, wait, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to fucking keep this fucking thing. This fucking drunken email is so good. <laughs> oh jeez jeez so what this week what else has been going on um oh jeez yeah it's been spending time with with family basically and you know that kind of thing i got roped into to, to a live theater show of pepper fucking pig um which was yeah sure you got roped so you know, the highlight it. of my week <laughs> yeah, three thousand kids screaming like that for ninety minutes, just nonstop screaming. It's oh just my like, god! Jeez. Oh, so, what's the vibe like in 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 Wales right now? Um, it's well, with regards to COVID, you mean everything. I mean, how, was it nice being home, or was it? weird? It's nice or? being home. It's a little bit unnerving because 
Um, I mean, you can go into shops and things without masks on. I mean, restaurants, even the servers aren't wearing masks. So it's 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 not what we're used to because back in right. France, everybody wears masks for everything. So it's yeah, it is a little little bit unnerving. Yeah. Um, we've we've had a bit of a cold got sort of ripped through the family as well. So we've been doing COVID tests every day. Um, because you know we're just super paranoid, especially with my wife being pregnant and the rest of it. So, uh, but you know, thankfully everybody's good. My, well, <laughs> I say that apart from my brother. Um, so just before he arrived here, I had an email from him saying um, me and the family um, have have COVID, but um, but he's fine. He, he he basically had almost like a flu, basically. Right. Um, but um, yeah, he's fine. But yeah, it is. It it feels pretty normal here, um, and most people are just going about their their day as as they were before. Um, I hear there's you know more restrictions coming in again soon. You know they're going to bring back masks again because the numbers are spiking again. And I think it's just going to be something that we'll we'll live with for a long time. You know that we'll, you know it'll be bad, it'll be good, it'll be bad, it'll be good, and and I just think you know people will have to get used to that maybe. Ugh. Yeah. Oh yes. But um, it just feels as if you know winters everything's black <laughs> from sort of four p.m. Everything is black within the wilderness. <laughs> It's just like, oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long, long winter. I can feel it already. But um, can, I, anyway. can I ask a question to the both of you? Sure. I was thinking about this because I was thinking about there's somebody I know somebody who's a flat earther, and one <laughs> thing I can't understand is how do they justify the change in in time? Like the whole thing with the flat earth is uh, flat earth blah blah walls and falling off the air and they shoot you down and all that bullshit and it's not really <laughs> stars and stuff. But how do they justify the fact that it's dark in different parts at different times? Like, yeah. it's like early morning, you know, it's, it's like midday for Morocco. It's like almost four, it's four o'clock for me and it's like nine o'clock for you and it's dark. How do they figure that out? Yeah. I think they've got an argument for everything. Oh, These silly people, I have people, no idea. I think. Yeah. Morocco, your week, what's been going on? It's been basic knife making this week. Uh, got a knife sent out, got a knife on its way to be finished. Just did coffee etch last night, and it came out great. I've been forging some steel this week. Um, just trying to think outside of that. I mean, it's just been basic knife stuff. Um, trying to do a better job of staying on top of my mess making because uh, I mentioned before I, I'm, I have a bit of a mess. I've been trying to clean up in the shop, okay. and, I'm, and as part of trying to be more organized with my time and, and efficiency and workflow. Part of that I've started to recognize is just keeping things tidier. So you go back and when you need a certain tool, you know exactly where it's at. Cause it's oh. where it's supposed to be stuff like that. I have a tendency to work and set th- something down and then, <laughs> and then I can't find it for a couple of days. Um, Do you have one of those like tool walls that I see people do and they paint the tool on so when it's not there, you can see from a distance and all that kind of right. stuff? Right. Yeah. I, uh, I actually built one of those when I was working for Bob Kramer and I, oh. we made that over his main workbench and we used that religiously, which is weird because I do not have one of those and I do. So therefore I do not do that. Um, but that would probably be a very strong move for me to, to do, to be able to easily reference mm. and find things. And it's weird, like working, working for other people and doing stuff for other people it was easy to do that. But when I'm doing it for myself, I fucking suck at it. So, um, yeah, so I'm just trying to create new habits. Uh, that's, that's the biggest thing I've been learning and reading about is just habitual practice 
really makes yeah. things grain, uh, you know, grinds in those things and makes them habits for long term. And so I'm just trying to trying to establish those. Uh, outside of that, let's see, Halloween's coming up. We're gonna be hanging out with the family Ooh. this weekend, which should be fun. Yeah, and um, I don't know if I'm gonna be dressed as I don't have any ideas. I think last year, <laughs> what did I do last year? I think I dressed up. I have these like uh, polar bear. Uh, pajamas and so i was just a, a polar bear last halloween i repurposed oh, okay. my christmas pajamas for halloween <laughs> nice. um yeah i got i got nothing right now um yeah. trying to think what else we've been carving going. pumpkins today actually it's uh, nice it's a lot of fun. oh that was yeah we did that last sunday we went pumpkin picking we got one my son uh he had a blast doing that and we all went with the cousins and everybody and then uh we came back to our house and we carved it that night and it was it's probably one of the more fun pumpkins i've ever seen and he drew it all himself drew the pumpkin face and everything i did the carving he helped with scooping all the crap out um and it came out really well and i love the pumpkin it's super fun um but yeah you know what's weird about pumpkins What's that? Like that flavor isn't from pumpkins. Like the pumpkin flavor, it's not pumpkins. It's winter are, squash. Winter squash. I mean, winter we've squash. made we've made pie from sugar pumpkins, which are considerably smaller. They're like maybe mm. the size of a volleyball or a cantaloupe, um, versus the carving pumpkins that you know most people see are you don't want to eat those. They're or you, I mean you can eat them, but they're not very flavorful. No, but yeah, terrible. <laughs> they are kind of terrible. They're oh, fucking yeah. terrible. Listen, this is, let's just cut the shit here. The pumpkin <laughs> flavor is not good. I mean, it is not good. Oh, I defy pumpkin pies. Terrible. Pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is passable, but I mean, no one's ever craving it until oh, you know. Dude, I fucking love pumpkin pie. You're talking to the but wrong in guy. In the middle of the summer, I asked for it for my birthday one year. Jesus. <laughs> My Jesus. mom's like, well, well, not August. <laughs> it's close enough. August is close enough to the fall, and maybe I can understand that. But like, you just said the, the middle of, of summer. <laughs> I'm, well, I mean, the dead of July. It's like you know, 900 degrees out. You're not like, God, I could go for some pumpkin pie right now. Fuck that. <laughs> Terrible. I love it. I love it too much. I, I get maybe I've just had better pumpkin pie than you. Probably. Ooh, you probably have. Shot. You're probably about the not sh- uh, this is a this is a shot that I accept no problem. I if you if I'm for, I, it's fine. I mean I'm not gonna like lose my mind over pumpkin no, pies. No, no. Fine. Yeah, I'm actually Ooh. surprised I don't see more squash pies, like uh like a butternut or um or like an acorn squash or something like you know, those other kind of winter squashes like you're talking this, about that are more amenable, tastier. This reminds me it's a very good point because it's the ups, ups, the upsell. You can't upsell a squash pie, you know. <laughs> squash pie is going to happen. And, and what, 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 what makes this funny is I posted a photograph of a set of knives that I posted that um, I had some walnut. I get figured walnut. I get figured walnut, and I don't know the different types of figured walnut. So, mm. it, I mean, I get all this figured walnut called figured walnut, right? So I get this DM from Roy Scott, Vintage Axe Works. I love Roy. Roy is great. He's a, such a wonderful person. In person, he's not like he is on the podcast with the motherfucker head. Every we started calling him. He just started. All you want to do when you see Roy Scott is say, "Hey, motherfucker head." He's the best. I love Roy. He sneaks into my DMs and he goes, "Hey man, don't hate me. I gotta. I I, I wanted to tell you that I think that that's called." 
that might not be figured walnut, but it might be crotch-grained walnut. Oh, sure. Ooh. And he says, maybe you should call it crotch-grained walnut. And I it's said, well, Roy, well, Roy, that's a hard sell, don't you think, when you have crotch <laughs> in the name? You can't just sell. How am I supposed to upsell crotch-grained walnut to a nice family who want a carving set? <laughs> yeah. Fucking crotch-grained walnut? I'm supposed to. How, what am I supposed to do with that, Roy? Ma- and he's like, Aunt yeah, Mabel's not going to start bragging about that. I mean, it's like, you know, here to have some, you know, some, you know, testicle maple. Well, how about that? I mean, genital, genital just, cherry. Yeah, that's perfect. No Jot that down as a show title? Yeah. No, testicle no. maple? No. I mean, we no, no, we have to, like, so we have to, we, we have to, we have to, we're going to have to start to, um, gussy us up oh you fucking wrote it down already we you wrote it down already we got to gussy it up because all these other flea bag podcasts are going to start to like rip us off with our mm. naughty titles naming conventions well you get you start to see the similarities hey jeff yes. jeff i can do you a solid as you americans like to say go ahead you're 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 220 240s down at the moment why don't you get yourself a nice new 110 kiln i can get you a discount you know tell me about it if you get a, one of the KH models of the Even Heats, um, they're the 120 versions, which I believe you had one in the past anyway. Um, you know, Even Heats, everybody needs an Even Heat because they're the best best on the market. But um, we can get you um, $75 off and free shipping in the US if you buy yours from Soul Ceramics, who are a distributor of Even Heats. And if you go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, that'll take you automatically to Soul Ceramics. It'll automatically apply those discounts for you. And they, they can do you a KH model, but they also do all the other stuff, like the KOs and all them, they, they, the LBs, they do them all. Um, so spec yours out, get $75 off and free shipping in the US. I think that's a solid, as you guys say. That's a, a fucking good model? idea. And to our, <laughs> get yourself from crotch grain, even heat. It's no problem. No, seriously, though, I think there's this misconception that you have to pay thousands of dollars for an oven. You can get the 120 models, and they're very reasonably priced. So, you know, go get yourself an even heat and get save that 75 bucks off. Good call. There we go. Good call. There we go. Let's do some questions that we had from the, from the filthy public this week. Um, and I'll start with the first one, which is from Mr. Thirsty Work um, on Instagram. Um, he says, first, thanks for the entertainment and education, ranging from grinding tips to prostate exams. I've just started listening this week, so apologize if you've answered this in the past. He says, I'm relatively new to knife making two to three years. I'd like to think I do pretty quality work, but recognize that this is a hobby and I do not have... Okay, he goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> um, I'm just looking for the question here. Uh, that said, I've been recruited by several people lately um, who've seen my past works and want some chef knives. How would you go about setting up a reasonable price point? On one hand, I use top quality material. I've been through some educational courses and will spend many hours on each knife until I think it's as close to perfect as I can get it. But on the other hand, who the heck am I um, looking to ask, you know, three, four hundred dollars for a single knife with no real history behind my name? Um, she says, thanks again. You're the only podcast that's made me check to see if I peed after laughing so hard. <laughs> uh, just before you before you go on, I think your your microphone is scratching against that beard of yours. Beard of mine. You can't. You kidding? I named those hairs. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. That, that should be better. I'll hold it out. What she said. So, this guy, <laughs> this guy, he's been making knives for two or three years. Um, 
apparently maybe he doesn't have much of much of a following or you know like he says he doesn't have much of a history behind him um but you know he's he's putting the top, he's putting the work in and you know how would he go about pricing and what he thinks maybe 3 400 dollars uh, for a single knife could be a hard push um where do you go from there what do you think what do you think Mareko? i mean i'd have to see the work but i think you know 3 400 dollars isn't a terrible place to start I mean, even if you're spending, you know, 10 hours of work on one knife, that's $4 an hour, right? Or is that 40? I, I did the 40. math wrong. 40. <laughs> yeah, 40. That's not bad then. $4, $4 an hour. <laughs> but, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think all those things factor in, but I, like, I feel like we've talked about before on the podcast, first off, cost of materials isn't necessarily that big of a factor. It really is your time. But also part of that is who the hell are you? Uh, who is the person that's making that? And that's another reason. That's actually, I feel like more and more that is a that is a bigger factor for why people are buying particular knives versus others um, is because of the person behind that knife. Um, and so I think, you know, if you can do a good job talking to these people and, and, and reason to them. Um, you know, if you want to go that way, like if you were to go to like uh, hold a table at a trade show or something like that, like that's part of the, that's part of what you get the opportunity to do is to talk to these people. They see your work. You talk to them about your process, everything you've gone through, past experiences, what you've learned, like all, you just have conversations with them. And, yeah. but what all that is, is like part of that is getting to know, like, figure out what the price is but it's also getting to know who you are and so i think the better you job you can do selling yourself the easier it is going to be for you to sell your knives because i see yeah some knives out there that make me cringe a little bit that sell for a lot of money and yeah. that person's done a good job selling selling themselves and the company yeah you're right selling yourself is, is part of it and um you know, there's various ways you can do that, you know, obviously online and all the rest of it. But, um, yeah, being comfortable with selling your work, it, it certainly took me a while, to, you know, to, to, to be comfortable with it. But, um, you know, get yourself a good, you know, AK Interactive. They do they do a good website for you. You can, you know, tell your story and, you know, build some value into what you're making. Um, I'm, I'm a massive believer in that. If, you've got, if you can, you know, if you can tell a story, you are building value because people are buying into you as much as the actual product itself. But uh, what, what are your thoughts, Jeff? You gotta. You have to. If you make something and somebody wants to buy it, you have to think about it, what you're willing to part with it for. I mean, regardless mm-hmm. if it's a knife or not, you know, like if you make something and it has a particular value to you, then it's like, what am I willing to let this go for? And that part of it all is a mindset. I mean, of course, you know, you look at what other people are selling their stuff for, and you don't think yourself, you know, don't think you're worth a certain amount or whatever. But at the same time, it's like. I mean, when I was selling sculpture, it was always like, what am I willing to sell this? What am I going to be fine with this leaving? Somebody's going to give me a small pile of money and I'll be happy with it or I won't be happy with it. So I think a lot of it's that. I don't necessarily think that – I think that you should – you should, especially starting out, you should just see what you what you think it's worth and then see what people are willing to pay. A lot of times in the beginning, it's usually friends and family. So, like, they usually want to help you, too. Like, you know, maybe, you know, grandma might not try to nickel and dime you. You know, she might be like, 
So look at my little boy. He's making nice knives. I should give him a little <laughs> bit extra money. Here's my social security check, Junior. I mean, it's it's a lot. Take of that money and run. Yeah, take that fucking money and take that <laughs> take that bow bat for what she's worth. You know. I know. I mean, real honestly, honestly, it's like you know, in the beginning stages, it's friends and family, and then some of them are going to be like, "Yo, I don't want to pay that much," or you're going to have to fool around, and then you're going to have to do more and then you have to figure it out and then you have to fool around some more and then you have to work on your pricing and then you have to look at your bills and what is your rent cost and what does it cost to make you this do this thing and there's so many factors to to pricing and it's also it comes down to what you want to be valued yourself and i i personally like the idea of being approachable um for me and that's my opinion um but like you know it's it's a it's a personal situation I don't know. I don't, mm. wouldn't really worry about what other people are doing and just see what you're willing to do it for. Sounds like you yeah. already know what you kind of want to sell it for. Yeah. Well, the next question, if you want to take the next one, Morocco, is, is, is in a similar sort of vein, I suppose, talking about pricing. Sure, yeah. This one's from Ross Oliver Moffat. Uh, he says, should you charge current market price for material or charge what you paid for them? at the time of purchase. I hope that makes sense. So I'm guessing he's talking about either Damascus, like if you were doing stock removal and you buy your Damascus or your handle material and you buy handle material, whatever other kind of materials you're using in the product, change, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> Prices obviously change over time. Um, but do you, do you up that price hmm. when you're adding it to the cost of something when you're selling it to somebody or what do you think yeah i mean i i personally don't buy in damascus i don't use damascus so i don't make it i don't buy it in um but if you do obviously that can be a, a you know a big a big cost yeah. um but when it comes to you know mono steels and even you know handle materials that kind of thing it's the, the, the material price isn't really a factor when it comes to pricing the overall product for me because those materials are generally pretty, you know, inexpensive. Um, so yeah, it's maybe different for you know for me. But it, you know, if you know, for example, if, they, if people are using Dharma steel or things like that, you can't be, you can't be, become pretty expensive. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. You you you'd have to maybe. Yeah, certainly. Obviously, you're charging a premium for these because you're using premium product. You're using premium uh, stuff in in your knives. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine you'd have to build in some sort of, you know, leeway in case, in case prices do go up. But, um, yeah, Jeff, I mean, are you, are you buying in sort of expensive materials? Well, for Damascus, when I do buy Damascus, I buy it from Bob Rankin and then I usually mm. just charge whatever he, you know, whatever he's charging me. I, we add that on the bill when I, I don't, you can't just buy Damascus on my website and it's like that the price just shows up. So usually mm. we'll, I'll get some and then we'll just kind of factor that into the to the bill but uh actually recently i ordered some steel i mentioned it last week that or what like week before that the company i was buying some stainless from what everything was back ordered and they said well we have one piece of your order if you want it and i'm like yeah i want it and they said but we'll have to cut it in half so it's not going to be like a six foot length it'll be two 36 inch lengths and i was like all right, well, I kind of need it. So, but then in my mind, I'm thinking, well, it kind of screws me because it's like I wouldn't get as much out of it as I would have if it was the full length. Hmm. And then they charged me full blast for the fucking shipping. So, like, when I ended up getting it, I'm looking at these two pieces of steel 
that cost me way more than I would have charged. You know, I, I wouldn't have gotten, they should have done me right and, you know, given me the free shipping, especially considering I'm getting not really what I explained it to them and they didn't really give a shit. So, like, I lost a knife in there and I got overcharged on the on the shipping. So, I'm eating it. I'm not going to, like, mm. adjust my pricing because of that one piece. I mean, I, I try not to think about that kind of stuff in regards to $5 here, $3 here. I, I try not to get to, you know, like the cost of Corby bolts changes because of the brass and whatever like that. I don't really, I'm not going to really, you know, a buck here, two bucks here, five bucks here, 10 bucks here. I don't really try to, I don't really kind of get all flustered about it. I just know yeah. that in the long run, it all evens out. Yeah, but like, sure. you know, I made a note, the fact that shipping ch- charges or shipping costs are up. So I made a note to that and brought it up in our next meeting. And we'll just be aware that, you know, if the shipping costs. We brought it up in our next meeting because I, you're got, the board member. Dude, I love our meetings. Our meetings are my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite. I love our meetings, our Zoom meetings. They get a lot done. Those guys get a lot done. I, I just pipe in when they need me. It's great. Nice. Fucking, nice. I'm on Instagram while they're, you know, talking about back office stuff. I'm, Scrolling, scrolling, up, scrolling, and they ask me a question, and I pop in. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> Does that what make up? you the C? Are you the COO? I'm the uh, the D U M B O. Nice. I'm the, I mean, that's really what it is. I, it's a team effort, guys. The team. <laughs> I, I would say, you know, I don't know. It doesn't, I guess for me personally, it doesn't make sense to, you know, you buy, say I buy a piece of Koa, a really nice piece of Koa and I, I get it for a, a decent price, um, like whatever, $40, $50. Um, but I know that it's something that I easily could have paid through somebody else for like $100 or $80 or something like that. Or the value of Koa goes, like maybe, like some of the handle blocks I have sitting in, in my collection have been sitting there for five or six years. The same handle material today would cost way more, um, but it, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me that I would charge more to the customer because I'm not out that money. Like I, th- I think at least charge or carry across the cost that you paid originally. But why, why upcharge it? I don't. I don't know. I mean, obviously, some people do that. I, I'm, sh- I'm sure some people do that, but it doesn't. To me, it doesn't logically make sense. Yeah, yeah, but we mentioned we just mentioned Dharma Steel actually. So if you are um, if you use Dharma Steel and you're looking to get maybe a discount, um, you need to come to our show on November the thirteenth. It's the Dharma Steel Chef Invitational. We'll be doing a live show just like we did last time. We had lots and lots of fun speaking to all of the the um, the, the people there who are having their booths, um, all the makers and so on. But they've got lots of activities this time as well. So there's uh, I'm just looking on the website here. It says. There's going to be a forging demo as well, a live forging demo, which you'll be able to watch the live stream uh, by Nate Bonner, NHB Knife Works. Cool. Um, um, the 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 Italian guy Alfredo, which we didn't get to speak to last time, he's he's got another booth again this this time, but in between stuff, he's been doing a lot. He's going to be doing a live cookery demonstration as well, um, which will be, which could be quite fun to watch. Um, so yeah, it's, it's called Steel and Meal um, Dinner Dinner at Facci's. Um, so he's cooking dinner live in his booth at the same time, and obviously there's us. We're do, we're going to be doing our show. So yeah, November the thirteenth. I'll put a link in the description there, so you can you can sign up um, to make sure you get your ticket. Um, there's going to be raffle draws and so on. Um, and I'm going I'm going to 
try and convince Pear to give us a, a, a big discount for you guys as well. Oh, so Jesus. make sure you're there. I'm going to put him on the, pre- on, on the spot again. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and hopefully we, we, can get you guys, we, we can get you guys a nice discount for your, for your beautiful Dharma Steel. Can I make a request? Can we, sure. can we be in Alfredo's booth while he's cooking? Can that could we, be cool, couldn't it? Can yeah. we, Alfredo, I know you're listening, and I know you wouldn't come on the last time because you said your English wasn't good. I don't believe that for a fucking second. When you get cooking, you better have us on. We're going to have some fun. I promise you, we will be there for you. I want to see yeah. what's what. It'll be fun. I want the whole place to burn down. I want it to be, I want it, I want it to be fun, you know? <laughs> you know? There's steam everywhere. There's, there's pots overflowing. Hey, I mean, what's it could going be on fun. over there? Oh, we got a fire. There. Be great. Oh, speaking of fires, P.S. Guys, listen to the newest episode of Work for a Podcast because Brian House was burned his fucking shop down. It was a terrifying story, and it was all about you know being aware of your fire extinguishers and making sure that they're uh, up to date. So glad that Brian House is okay, and he didn't you know he apparently burned all the hair off his face and his hair. Oh wow! So wow. he's wow. like you know. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I was kind of like, <laughs> and you guys were like, seriously, oh my God, he's, he's fucking hairless now. I'm like, no, 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 he's, he's fine. He's fine, but it was, uh, he, had a, he, had a mo- he had a moment. So listen to My the concern was not for the hair. It, it was for the, um, the level of burns you would have to sustain to lose all of the hair off your face and your uh, head. People burn <laughs> their hair off their face. I mean, that happens. You get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and poof. You know, Watch so that he's cream. fine, but you should listen to the story and you should get your, make sure your how your shop is, you know, get rid of your sawdust and all the rags in your shop. And the, mm-hmm. I immediately I got two bags of garbage in my truck as we speak because I listen to the podcast. Nice. Okay. Fair enough. Do you want to take the next one, Jeff? Sure. This one comes from Trojan horse forge. I have a dilemma. We have a knife with a carbon blade that we don't want a fair. We don't want ferric to touch the blade because it's finished. The handle needed some adjustments and had to be reprofiled a bit. The handle is a five piece and assembled wrought iron bolster spacer, butt cap black walnut is between the wrought iron the wrought iron needs to be deep etched again. We have a few ideas, but what process would you suggest? So it sounds as though the bolster needs to be etched, but they don't want anything else to be etched. Hmm. What do you do? Morocco, this is, this is all you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's a hidden tang construction. Um, and if it is, that is helpful because then you can mask off and... I guess what is it? You can paint nail polish uh, over the blade where you don't want the acid to do anything, and the handle material uh, where you don't want the acid to come into contact. And in honestly, like it'll probably be a long process. Um, but if you use like a uh, what is it? Like a cotton swab? Like a what the fuck? I can't think of the word right now. Q-tip. You use it clean out your ears. You know. Q-tip. Um, Q-tip, Jesus. Um, if you use one of those with the acid, you can kind of just go back in and paint it back in there. But it is a slow process. But it's a much more controlled process. Uh, and it helps prevent having to go back in and clean up the blade or do anything else to any of the other handle materials or potentially staining the handle materials. I have had to do this before. Um, it is a pain in the ass. But... Um, but it's it works. You just it's gonna take time. 
that would that would be my advice. What about what about you, Craig? I do exactly as you said, Morocco. That's it. Exactly as you said. That's right. That's I'd be fool not to. <laughs> okay, Nick Tobin again on Instagram sent the question, um, and he's asking about business on Facebook. Um, he said, running my business on Facebook has worked for me over the past 20 months, but now things are changing noticeably uh, and Facebook and my insights are going down hard. It's affected my business and gets frustrating. Besides social media and being in a small town in East Bumfuck, sorry, East, yeah, well, <laughs> in the middle they, of nowhere. That's, that's what they call the middle of nowhere. Yes. East Bumfuck, <laughs> right, okay. Um, what else can be done to grow such a business via the great internet? Um, so yeah, it looks like he's doing a lot of business on Facebook, um, which I don't do any business on Facebook. I don't even have a bit of Facebook presence really. Yeah, you should so. try West Bumfuck. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Damn East Bumfuck, but West Bumfuck, you never know. Uptown, I hear, is pretty good. Yeah, you don't want to go north. No. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, business on Facebook. I mean, I... I said I don't even have a presence for the business on Facebook um, simply because I, I don't think they're my customers. Um, but also, I mean, you know, they try to get you to, you know, sell stuff on and all the rest of it. But then as soon as they know it's a knife, you're then told, you know, it, it's, it's not allowed. It's just it's just a lot of admin that I don't really see sure. um, anything from. But obviously you do or you, you had done. Um, but with regards to, you know, other ways of doing it, and I try not to put all my eggs in one basket. Um, social media I do far, far less now. Um, but you know, once you've sort of established and you, you've got repeat customers and, and you've got people coming to your website, I always mention it, but emails are the biggest tool for me, you know, get people to subscribe to newsletters and then, you know, split up those newsletters to potential customers, to previous customers and, and make sure you're sending out newsletters. They, to me, they're, they're by far the, the biggest sort of selling tool for me. Um, but yeah, Facebook, I've got no tips for Facebook, I'm afraid. Is that yeah, it's a pickle cutter. Pickle yeah. cutter. Um, I mean, it looks like he. What is he? He's got like two hundred thirty-three posts on Instagram. I'm surprised that he's not getting. Um, I mean, he has to be getting some business from Instagram. But I think Craig has has the right ideas to diversify. So not not have all your eggs in the Facebook basket. And you know, Facebook's going through some shit right now too anyways um, what is this shit what is this fucking thing they're doing doing what is this meta anybody know craig it's just the name for the company so you know facebook now owned you know snapchat and instagram and facebook and it's just confusing you know the whole company being called facebook so basically it's just the holding company is called meta so I facebook see. is a product right instagram is a product and Snap- it's the same as google did you know google google company is called alphabet and google is just one of their products and they've done the same thing, really. It's not. It, we won't oh, yeah, see any changes. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah, um, but yeah, the media seem to be going crazy. Facebook's changing its name. It's like, well, yeah. the product that we know as Facebook isn't changing its name. Um, but yeah. So doing, you know, I, I ideally, Nick, if you're taking orders, you're getting some some data, some information from these people too, that allows you to kind of remarket to them. Um, and let them know, just like Craig was saying, like through newsletters um, and stuff like that when you have other stuff coming up. Because it, I, I agree. I don't think it's a good idea to be all in one basket with Facebook. You know, try to maybe try to offer more through Instagram. Just start testing it and see how it works over there. Even though 
Instagram obviously is the Facebook or sorry, Meta product, um, <laughs> same company that does Facebook. Um, but even just diversifying a little bit there, but I, I would strongly advise as Craig had said, uh, to try to start maybe doing a newsletter. And it also is an opportunity to develop community and go back to like the branding we were talking about earlier. It gives you an opportunity to kind of put some personality to the work. Um, hmm. And it, 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 you know, ingratiates yourself yeah. to these people and these potential customers or, it, you know, they might pass it on to somebody else and let them know. Or, yeah, I, I think a, a newsletter in email is, is a strong move. Whilst we're talking about Instagram, actually, I noticed this week that um, they're now allowing links in posts and stories, that kind of thing. For anybody, not just those with over ten thousand followers, mm-hmm. so anybody can now put, put post put links in their stories. So you know, if if you're selling via Instagram, you don't have that big a following, you can now send people directly to your websites. You know, to your even to a cart page or whatever it is, so they can just check out and go. So that, that that's quite nice. Yeah. Jeff, any any um, tips for Nick? I mean. I personally think that, you know, Instagram's for your friends and family. And then I see Instagram as, I mean, Facebook is more for your, you know, aunts and your uncles and your and your high school friends and stuff like that. And they're just, Mm. it's not really that great. You know, I don't think it's as, I think in the beginning it's good. And then all of a sudden you're, you've, you've, you've already squeezed everybody there. So uh, Instagram, to my opinion, is more of like casting a wider net. Now, in, in, I won't change anything. I mean, I'll, I'm, whatever you guys said is fine by me. One thing I will say that uh, a lot of people get caught up on, which makes was one of the reasons why social media is so repellent, is people who be, use social media as business also decide that their 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 personal uh, political opinions matter, and then <laughs> they become double repellent. So if you're using I – I use social media for business. I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't need people to know um, what political party I belong to or who I like or how I feel about this or how I feel about that. You're, you're, nobody cares. So, and you're going to most likely have people who are going to be like, Ugh, why? What? Well, this guy's This guy's a flat earther? Not that I think that pickle cutters a flat earther. I mean, I've no, I don't know this man at all. But I'm just saying that, like, why would you? I, I had a friend who was a really good knife maker, and he somebody tagged one of his friends tagged him in this horrendously racist um, joke, and he, you know, it came up on my feed. I was just like, what does my friend have anything to do with? It? And I sent him a message. I said, you shouldn't have anything to do with this. These things. He's like, oh, I didn't know anything about it. I'm like, well, you know people see that you're a maniac because you're associated with another <laughs> maniac. So it's just like if you're going to use these 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 social media as, as a business, why would you why would you try to alienate people by mm. saying something stupid or something that really honestly nobody gives a shit what you have to think about. But then what happens is it's like, well, it's my freedom to say that. Okay, fine, fine, it's your freedom. But then don't come back to me saying why why my business is no good. 
because that's I'm not saying pickle cutter did this, but this hap this has happened. I know guys who have said stupid, not not even not even like racist or or sexist or they're just stupid people, and they say stupid things, <laughs> and then they come to me, and they're like, wow, I'm so weird. Business is dried up. I'm like, yeah, because you're saying stupid things, and nobody cares what you, your opinions. Nobody. If you think if you have something really really intelligent to say. Stop the podcast. I dare, <laughs> <laughs> they call it the Fleabag Express. Go say it to someone that really knows you and see what they say. And if they think, wow, you should really publish that, still reconsider. Because honestly, it's just like nobody gives a shit about your, your political persuasions or your opinions. There yeah, you go. Agreed. 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 There's an answer. Um, let me tell you about combat abrasives. Um, they make abrasive belts and a bunch of other stuff, but they actually make them as well. They, they're not, they don't just sell them. They make them. Um, they're the best. We all use them. Um, everybody knows combat abrasives. Combatabrasives.com. If you use KnifeTalk15, you'll get 15% off your order, which, you know, if you're buying, you know, quite a few belts, that's going to be a fair bit of money. So, yeah, combatabrasives.com and use KnifeTalk15. Do we have any dilemmas? We have Jeffrey? dilemmas, but beforehand, I want to I want to read a couple of listener feedbacks that I think is important because it's nice. Yeah. Um, okay. We have dilemmas, and we're also going to have to bring back the beefs, and we're going to have to talk about beefs uh, a little bit later. But regardless, yeah. this one comes from Connor Kanan. Hey, guys, I had my question answered about finding classes out in Austin, and I had some local listeners reach out to me and point me in the right direction. I want to give a shout-out to them for all their help. EC Knivery and Cooey Forge Works. Both of them do insanely clean work, and I just wanted to do something in return to, for, uh, for them giving me the helping hand. Thanks, guys. Keep up, the, keep up the great work. So people listen to this podcast, and they reach out to them, and they help them out. So that's really nice. nice. And then I feel like, Irish. Oh, Pardon me? I, I was just going to say, I feel like Cooey used to submit a lot of yeah, questions. He listens. I feel like. Yeah, he listened to the podcast, and he reached out. The EC yeah, Knivery, too. They're great. good guys. Lucky Irish Forgeworks says, Hey, cuties, I just want to say I really enjoyed Craig playing his band's music at the end of the episode, and I want him to know that if he puts the track up, it's going to be on my playlist. Top shelf. <laughs> I just, that's, oh, I needed those two out there because, you know, we've, Craig, you've gotten a number of people giving you a lot of credit and enjoying your music, and I'm one of those people too. I hope maybe you'll throw on a track here and there from Uplift. Maybe we should. At the end of each show, we put something up. But um, the recordings aren't the best, to be honest, because you know the live recordings are they're never too good. But um, funnily enough, we because we haven't rehearsed this week, we've been, there's been a few emails between you know, me and the band and that kind of thing, and um, they challenged me to do a French song. So um, yeah. So do you know that you know that song? No. Ah right. Okay. It was big in France. You should definitely do it. But yeah, I'm doing that, you so that, that'll be fun. You that'll owe be them. Fun. You know, you owe them because I think you're a bit of a, like a pocket Hitler. Over there. <laughs> oh, I am. Oh, I am. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like Napoleon over there. Fucking <laughs> Welsh Napoleon. Uh, follow so, yeah, Uplift if them. you're on Facebook. Follow the band Uplift for all your uh, uplifting. Uh, situation your rock and roll needs <laughs> okay let's let's do some of these um dilemmas okay so here's a tough scenario guys if you want to interact with the show follow us on instagram uh part of the meta network at uh night talk podcast <laughs> on instagram and then you can send us that's where you 
that's where that's the beacon. That's the beacon where we send you messages, say, okay, we need questions or we need dilemmas or we need feedback or that's the way to get a hold of us and not to our personal Instagrams, which some of you haven't figured that out yet. It's fine. Just keep it all at Knife Talk Instagram, at Knife Talk Podcast. So these are tough scenarios that we're to answer honestly or phony. And uh, we'll talk about that later. This one comes from Nav. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I got a dilemma that's an extension of one of you got uh, extension of one you guys did a few episodes back, where you were asked if you'd sell some sell to someone whose political or general ideology conflicted with yours. So I've been thinking about this more, and since social media is so accessible, and if I find out that uh, other knife makers have really outlandish views, I really question if I'd buy from them or even buy secondhand. Would you guys buy from a maker or supplier if you knew that their views or values diametrically opposed you to, uh, your own? No. Um, no. Simply. Really? No. Yeah. I think, you know, we've all got the opportunity to sort of, you know, vote with, you know, who we purchase things from and, you know, who to support. And I think, um, you know, there's a shitbag out there. I'm not really interested in, in what they've got, really. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, even just like slightly different? I mean, we're not talking about, like, you know. He just said diametrically opposed. Okay, diametrically opposed. Okay, diametrically opposed. Yes, yes. So you're not going to yeah. go into business with uh, Hitler. You're not going <laughs> well, to buy no, no, Hitler no. G10. <laughs> oh, i got to get that. Oh, no, there's a hell of a story behind that. You could sell that knife. I don't know. I'm thinking about that one. <laughs> I'm going to the Hitler G10 <laughs> the store. Hitler G10. Jesus. Um, okay, but I think if they're... You know, if if you know if you know about their views, that would mean that they're they're putting their, their views out there, you know. And I think like we just talked about, if people are putting out their political views, it's easy then to you know to you know half of your audience you could be you know turning off. So yeah, if they if they're putting these views out there that I don't agree with, yeah, it's easy. You just move on to another, you know another supplier. There's plenty out there. What do you think, Morocco? I mean. <sighs> God, if you're diametrically opposed to somebody's opinions, would you, I mean, I won't even shop at certain grocery stores or go to certain 
drive-through restaurants because I feel like my political opinions are diametrically opposed or because they've thrown millions of dollars of support into campaigns of politicians that I do not agree with. So I would 100% not support somebody <laughs> if if their opinions were diametrically opposed. Um, but at the same time, I guess, I mean, because you can get materials from, I guess there are a lot of options, especially when it comes to, well, is he just talking about makers or suppliers? Would you buy a maker's work? I mean, is that the question? Let's just go with maker or supplier. I mean, it seems as though it's like small business guys. You know, I mean, you know, you don't hear like a lot of stuff from yeah. the big guys. Yeah, I mean, you buy into yeah. like we talked about again earlier. You buy into people, don't you? As much as the product, and and if the person is a shit bag, you know, it's going to turn you off the product. That, that's my view. Yeah, I think I don't know. I, I I don't think they would be the top of my priority list to buy their work. Um, Good point. That's for sure. I think it's okay to be like, I think it's okay to, diametrically opposed, okay. Yeah, if if somebody's doing something that you're diametrically diametrically opposed to, fine. Yeah, I don't want to support this person with my money, fine. I think it's okay to disagree with people politically and still support them, you know, I'm not. I'm not talking diametrically opposed. I'm saying, all right, one guy's a Democrat, one guy's a Republican. You don't see eye to eye on certain things, but at the same time, it's like we can still be friends. I, I have a real. I have a. I think it's very important that at some point we need to have relationships with people who don't think exactly like. I don't need someone mm, to be oh, exactly I, like me yeah, to be in a, in a relationship with them. You know, a friendship relationship with them. But at the same time, it's like you get. Sometimes you got to cut someone loose. You know. Yeah. I had a funny story and I just might as well just say it. So years ago, I used to love we used to eat a shit ton of pasta. A fucking shit ton of pasta. And I loved Barilla pasta because mm. it's good pasta. Fucking good pasta. It cooks up nice, always good, blah blah blah. I happen to also have a ton of gay people in my family. I have a very, you know, my very diverse family, and I'm very supportive of them and I love them very much. Mm. And all of a sudden, a couple number of years ago, Barilla Pasta comes out with this fakakta story like, oh, we're against gay marriage and we're against gay rights. And oh, it was this geez. whole fucking thing. And I'm like, so somebody says to me, I can't buy Barilla Pasta anymore. I'm like, what? What? What the fuck am I going to do now? So I'm walking down the pasta aisle and I'm like, how the fuck? What the fuck am I supposed to do now? God damn it. You just can't keep your. F God, it was hilarious. My wife was just like, what's the matter? I'm like, well, what are we going to fucking eat now? I love Barilla pasta. Now I can't eat it anymore because they have a problem with gay people. God damn it. So it was this very funny thing. And but I mean, I, I guess they I guess they uh, turn their turn their uh, turn their shit around. But it was funny because, because you're was, back because you're back on the pasta. I mean. I'm not on the pasta, but it was like at the time I was just like, "You sons of bitches! Why can't you? God damn you to hell!" I was so funny. My wife was just like, "What's the matter with you?" And I'm like, "I can't get the goddamn burrito pasta anymore. No one's gonna. Everyone's <laughs> mad about the burrito. I can't buy the goddamn burrito pasta." So I'm back on. I think I'm back on with them. Fine. Okay, the next one comes from. Uh, next one comes from Mark LeBlanc. Mark LeBlanc. Uh, says, okay, the internet is completely dead. You have a bunch of knives that you have to sell door to door. Give your best sales pitch and remember, uh, remember your, 
remember you're live with your potential customer. I don't remember what that means, but give your best sales pitch. What's your, how are you, what's, the internet's dead. What's your sales pitch to sell your knives? Oof. I'd be screwed. <laughs> Come on, man. No, nobody in my little village is buying my knives. Dude, um, you, just write, you just say what you wrote to me in that email, that drunken email. <laughs> you're going to sell every single one of them. <laughs> I would go back to what I do once a year anyway, um, is jump on a plane, um, come over to my customers, which I'd go to, you know, restaurants, I'd spend up spend a weekend visiting restaurants, um, and showing them, you know, get a big knife roll, get all my work in there and literally go selling, you know, face to face that way. Um one thing I have found is meeting with restaurants is surprisingly easy in the daytime. Um, if you, if you phone and manage to speak to the chef and say you're a knife maker, can I come down and show you some knives? They get quite excited about it. So, yeah, I think that that's a good move. Um, so I'd certainly be doing that. What do you think, Marco? I'm, I'm not a salesman. So, <laughs> the question again was: There's no internet. What do you do to sell your work? Yeah, yeah I'm not a salesman. So. Um, I would probably rely on a cutlery store or somebody else to do the selling for me, or I'd, I don't know what I'd do, honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, what, okay. So what were people doing before they were going to, uh, or before there was like Instagram and Facebook and email lists and shit like that and newsletters, they were going to trade shows, right? And they were staying there and have a conversation and talk with potential customers right there. So I guess that's probably what I would, I would do. Um, at the same time, I don't stand there selling anything to anybody. I just talk to them about the work, and if they like it, they like it, and they ask a price, and they either buy it or they don't. That's it. Yeah. I'm not a salesman. No hard sell. Nope. Not See, for me. I'm assuming if the internet's down, that now we're into like, you know, apocalyptic situation here. So I'm standing <laughs> with like a trench coat. <laughs> And like, uh, and like, I'm like, my trunk is filled. I'm like, hey kid, you need to buy a knife. Come over here. Come over here. I'll give you five, for, two for five hundred bucks. You look like a guy that likes to stand stuff. On, I'll, one for two fifty, and for you, two for five hundred. <laughs> Starting to make zombie killers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we get zombie, it, yeah. zombie. Let's more zombie. Okay, the next one comes from an We have a couple anonymous ones. I like the anonymous Ooh. ones. Here's a dilemma for you all. You are new to running your business and are invited to teach a class at another maker's shop. They have been nice to you, but have some differing opinions on the craft. On top of this, the reputation among your among other makers seems to be a mixed bag. Do you teach the class or keep your business separate for the sake of your reputation? So basically, it's like you get the opportunity to teach at a place that is... Might have a blight on it. Might have the scarlet A. Do you keep? Do you go because of and the do it? Reputation, right? Right. Or the right. school, or the opinion, or whatever. Do you go, or do you politely bow out? Hmm. I, I suppose it depends why you're doing it. I mean, if you're doing it to, you know, for your own reputation, uh, maybe not. But if you're doing it because they're giving you a big bag of cash. Oh yeah, big bag you, of cash. You take, you're there. Keep your eyes closed, your mouth shut, your head, your face covered. Get the job done. Get home with the big bag of cash. Yeah. I want to see somebody draw a picture of Craig with like the like the like the like, um, 
the Malapa the old, Monopoly man. The old school criminal, like with like the <laughs> with the, like the domino mask and like the big bag with the dollar sign on it, like tiptoeing out a window or something like that. <laughs> the big bag of cash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know what I mean. What you you guys? You've both done some teaching. Um, I haven't. So you know, what are your thoughts? I mean, for me personally, I everything my reputation is so closely tied to my work that I, I I would have a hard time going somewhere to teach something if if I didn't feel like it um either confirmed or enhanced my reputation or person uh, yeah unfortunately like money isn't enough of a motivator for me so uh yeah I probably wouldn't go do it myself personally hmm uh jeff what are you doing well i mean the places that i do teach at i it's a lot of it is my relationship with that person like i really very strongly i feel like all my reputation all my rep all my uh, the situations that i do with friends and pr people that i really i like you know and it's it's people that i appreciate people that i like the teaching that I've done are for people that I already know. Like I, I don't go to places that I don't know. I had some opportunities to go to some places that I don't really know the people. And it's like, I just, it didn't work out. But I mean, the places that I have done any teaching at, I've already established a little relationship with and teaching. Isn't really my, like, isn't my like long game. It's not really like, I like it because I think that the more I do it, the more, the better I become at understanding it myself. Like I feel like, you know, when you teach something, you become better, more proficient at the the thing that you're teaching. So mm-hmm. I do it from a more of like a philosophical level. And in regards to places that I go, I mean, I haven't really gone to any places that I don't know the people. But I mean, at the same time, like I do get opportunities. People say, hey, listen, we'll, we'll do something here and here and there. And it's just like... I would rather just have a relationship with someone that I know and that, or I respect that than some, you know, yeah, I don't, it, the money's never that good anyway. I mean, it's like teaching is, I hate to say it, but I mean, it is, it is a schlep. It's not just like getting on a plane and then, you know, the red carpet's there for you. And it's just always like, it's a lot of work. So I would probably yeah. be in the same boat as Morocco where I'd be like, eh, you know, maybe some other time. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Do we have any more? Yeah, we have a lot more. Um, Oliver uh, Ross Oliver Moffat has to say, here's a dilemma for you guys. The night before a show, you price your knives according to what you think is fair and a reasonable price. The day of the show arrives and you realize your prices. Your knives are priced relatively low in comparison to other knives at the show, even though they are, to an experienced eye, of noticeably better quality. What do you do? Thanks. Keep up the good work. So, like, you got your prices. Hmm. You show up and you're like, "Whoa, my shit is low." What do you do? Get the fucking marky. The, get the the marky. You get the get white out, out. The white out. The it, sharpie. Yeah. And the new tags, <laughs> baby. Uh, no, I think when you set your price and you set a price that you're happy with, I, you can't really, you know, let others people other people dictate what you're what you're happy with. Um, so, you know, you're probably in a very good situation there. If your your quality is right up there with the best of them, and your your knives are it, far more inexpensive than others, you're probably going to walk away with an empty table. You're going to clean up, so that's probably a positive thing. But um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't look at other people's work and go about repricing yours. That that just seems a bit weird. 
I didn't understand the second part of the question. So he was saying that his work is looks better, or the other people's work looks better. No, you're, he's what he's saying is he shows up with the prices. He looks at everybody else's prices. Everybody pr- prices are much higher, yeah. and then he realizes that he, I, I mean, he's coming. It's not him. It's he's posing it to us that our work, you know, the work, our work is clearly better, or you know, we. Yeah, our work is sure. clearly better than okay. we think. Um I mean, I don't you I don't do tags. And that <laughs> that I think that maybe allows for a little bit of flexibility. Uh especially if somebody walks up and wants to be an asshole, then that knife all of a sudden is $1000 more expensive <laughs> if they want to have it. <laughs> Slippery slope there. Fluidity. 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 Um yeah, uh, I mean, possibly. I mean, possibly. But again, it kind of goes back to that very first question about, you know, sure, so, you know, some of these people, their, their knives might not be as good as the ones that you brought, but who are you? You know, they might be really well known and have a really strong reputation. But if you're nobody, then it's hard. It's it's kind of hard to justify pushing your prices up just because their prices are higher. Um, but cool. if you're kind of in a similar ballpark regarding like notoriety and reputation and stuff, then sure. Like maybe, maybe you do adjust your prices and, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's all, it's just, a, it's a fucking, it's, it's a shit show trying to figure out the exact price and all you can do, honestly, I mean, ideally you want prices always to be going up, but there is flexibility to be able to raise your prices and lower your prices and keep making adjustments until you you know, figure out what works for you. Do you scan the customer, Morocco, when they say, you know, what does this cost? Do you look them up and down and check their <laughs> shoes, see if they have decent shoes on or what? No, never. <laughs> I honestly have never done that. <laughs> you, what if your hands are slippery when they, when they shake your hands? Do you, is that automatically? Is there like the – they're like – I can, in my mind, there's like a meter. There's like a little up and down meter. Yeah, How clammy is this guy's paw? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the price. it's like a it's like a Geiger counter of the price. Just, I get that inner Geiger counter of what you could get this guy for. Oh, he's a jerk. I don't like what he said. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, what what yeah. what's your thoughts, Jeff? If I had um, a, if I had a tray of like fifty knives or tw- or twenty five knives, I was going to bring to a show, and then we thoughtfully played out the pricing, and I show up, and I'm just like, all right, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit under what everybody else is doing. I've already decided that that's the price I want for these knives, and I'm not going to mm. change it because it's just like it's fine. Oh, you know, or hey, I'll move them all. Great, you know, or or I'll know better next time. Or I, I don't really like if I come up with a price, I usually just stick with it and just like I mean, but I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, I see it more like a. I also want to. I want to make sure that people for my for what I do and my decisions. That they're not like looking at my website and saying, "Well, why are you charging me that much when you're when you're, as on the website it's charging me that much?" You know, it's oh, like I don't yeah. want to. I'm not going to try to. You know, I'm not going to try to play a play a joke on anybody. Uh, uh, not a joke, mm. but I'm just I'm going to keep it clear to you know what the range normally is because at the same time, what you don't want is somebody saying, "He's fucking selling him for fifty dollars more than he sells him on his website." I'm just going to buy him on the website. You know, I, I'd rather I'd rather because I have a you know trail of receipts. So I'd rather just stick with that. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. Well, let's come back to some more of these later because you said you've got a big bunch of them. Let's do a few more questions. Okay. Um, 
Let's have a look. Um, Zhao, Zhao Fu knives, I think. Um, I can't stop getting decarbs. <laughs> Alfredo, is this you? I can't stop getting decarbs in my Damascus. He's dropping <laughs> the pasta in his Damascus, I think. Um, is, it, is it a way to prevent that or just uh, keep hoping it doesn't happen? Um, so decarb in his Damascus. Um, how should he be preventing this? Marekka, what do you think? I I'm gonna make an assumption that they are forging their knives, um, and well, actually, I guess you don't necessarily have to be forging your knife. So, say let's say let's back it up. So, you're doing stock removal from Damascus uh, that you bought from somebody who knows what they're doing. So, there's no question there, um, and you do some primary grinding before you do your final hardening. If you go too close to your final dimension, um, you could be left with a little bit of decarb. Uh, in that in the surface of the final blade, even after you've done your finish grinding um, and hand sanding, um, and I've been there, I've done, I've experienced that, and that that was a result of forging too close to dimension. Um, so I always back it up a little bit um, nowadays. But anyways, um, I, I think it, try to account for try to account for you know, whether you're forging or doing stock removal is to account for uh, maybe a, a 20 thousandths of an inch layer of decarb that you want to completely remove before you actually even get down to your good material that you're going to then finish grinding the knife and hand sand from um, that keeps you from uh, that, that putting buffering in that little bit of material and it's twenty thousandths of an inch. It's like it's, it's almost it's half the thickness of a bandsaw, porter bandsaw blade. Uh, it's almost nothing. Um, and and that way, yeah, you you end up with a finish finished product that's looking sweet, honestly. But yeah, that's that's all you gotta do. Just get you gotta budget in that extra material. Cool, cool. Um, any, anything more to that, uh, Jeff? No. No. no, he's right. I mean, that's why they say before you heat treat. That's why when somebody asks me how thick you heat treat to, a lot of the guys at the ABS say that thinness is the thickness of a dime. So you can account for all that decarb. So, I mean, you don't go all the way to the end if you don't want to get that decarb. No. Cool. Do you want to take the next one from David Bonney? David Bonney says, Hello, Knife Talk. I'm quite new to the world of making knives, and I'm currently using a 1x30 belt grinder since I can't afford a lovely broadback with a Mareco platen. My question is, how do I make the most of the grinder I do have? Or more generally, make use of the limited forging slash knife making tools that I have. Love the show. Thanks, guys. David Bonney. Mm. We get so he's got lot. one of those little one by thirties, and that that was you know the first grinder that I bought as well, um, which I still actually use occasionally for um, knife handle shaping. Shaping, hmm. um, but I always found they were just way too underpowered for any sort of steel grinding. Really, sure. um, yeah, you're just stopping it turning. It, it was, it, I, I struggled a lot, but I have seen some videos of people online using them and making like amazing, amazing stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't really have any tips. Um, yeah, no tips from me, I'm afraid. Um, have you guys ever used one of those little one one by thirty things? Uh, no. I've I've ground on them, but I've never used one to make a knife. Um, and like you were saying, they just they they lack the power to keep mm. moving the belt if you put too much pressure on. Um, and so yeah, if you're if you're gonna be make grinding a blade from it, um, 
you you honestly would probably be better off uh, draw filing the knife before heat treatment. Uh, heat treat the knife and then do just like the last bit of finish grinding on the knife. Um, and that way you're not trying to do a he- like heavy stock removal uh, to get it down to finish grinding. Um, that would actually kind of be my, my suggestion really is to yeah. draw file the knife before heat treat a draw. Oh, what is it? When, when I was working at dragon's breath, they had some, they had uh, some, the, the school come in and they were teaching the kids and so they were teaching the kids how to make knives basically without any power tools and we drew, we draw filed the knives and then hand sanded to like 220 and then heat treated and then after the heat treatment they're actually it was honestly basically there so they did a little bit of refining in the hand sanding and then sharpened the damn thing and it was done um, so maybe do more work before final hardening um so that afterward it's not as much of a pain in the ass, especially if it's mono steel. You know, you don't have to worry about any kind of weird decarb or anything showing up after etching. Mm-hmm. Another thing about these as well, they've obviously got a much smaller belt with less abrasive on there. So they, you know, it, if they don't stop, if they do keep turning, they just heat up really quickly as well, and that abrasive sort of burns out very, very quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can help you out with the broadback. Um, we can get you know they're always good deals with us. What's what's the current deal, Morocco? What what are Broadback doing at the moment? Well, Broadback's already dropped their prices to make their machines more competitively priced. Um, but when you go to check out, if you put in Knife Talk at checkout, you get an automatic upgrade um, to the, from their standard platen to the Morocco Deep Platen. Um, but you know these grinders are really awesome grinders. They're made by knife makers for knife makers to use um you know you can flip it from vertical to horizontal you can work at it using a chair <laughs> it's very comfortably um but they have you know i think their coup de gras is you know they have so many different tool arms that makes them so versatile and flexible as a company um so if you already have a chassis that you're happy with they have tons of great tool arms that you can still use in your machine um so yeah definitely go check them out at broadback ironworks uh and make sure you use knife talk at checkout um and you can save and you can do some badass grinding and prepare yourselves, ladies and germs, because November 22nd through the 29th, they're going to have a Black Friday sale. They're going to have two spe- uh, special packages. The Super Mega Package includes the Mega Package, the Disc Sander, the Moreco Platin, and the Broadbeck Belt Kit. And the complete, uh, it is a complete knife and sword maker shop. The upgrades are a $540 value. And then there's the Premium Plus which is the slack belt attachment, the Mareco Platin upgrade, the Broadbeck belt kit, and it's an excellent basic setup for a knife maker. These upgrades are $375 value. So the 22nd to the 29th, go to broadbeckironworks.com, and they will have um, deals for, nice. for, for Black Friday. And, and in regards to my opinion about what this guy was saying, I wanted to originally just like... I wanted to originally give them a little trouble and just say, this is what this is what everybody fucking says to us. They say, oh, I only have this. How can I make the best things? Sometimes it's just like, I mean, I don't have a, I don't have an oven. What should I do? You're making knives. Sell fucking knives and buy your shit that you need. I, I get this shit. I, all the time people say this stuff to me, and it's just like, but I don't have that fancy kiln. 
Well, fucking sell some fucking knives and make yourself a little jar that says, I want an even heat. And here's here's the jar. Go. I mean, you're making knives. The other thing, and I was gonna, I was gonna beat the hell out of this guy, and unfortunately, I, I'm not now. I apologize because I would. I'm telling you what I would do. I would take your one by thirty grinder. I would throw it as far into the woods as you can, <laughs> and then I would, and then I would get a right angle grinder, and then I would, I would grind with the right angle grinder. You know, get yourself yeah. comfortable r- grinding with a right angle grinder, and you know, knife talk ten gets you nothing. So. Brightanglegrinders.com, Knife Talk 10. Join the right angle grinder community and fuck some knives up. You know, that's what I would say. (laughs) I mean, you you get comfortable with a right angle grinder. I mean, you could could knock out some bevels fast, quick, and hurt. Mm. I mean, your plunge lines might not look so great, but, you know, you hustle, hustle, hustle. I think you you move some material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, we, we can get discounts on grinders. We've already talked about discounts on ovens. Um, and on belts and even on steels with Dharma steel. Um, but anything else you need, you can get it all from TexasFarriersupply.com. Um, they've got everything for the knife maker there, or even farriers too. They've, they've got everything. Go take a look, TexasFarriersupply.com. If you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off your order. And also remember, they sell in Dasa Rhino Wet. Not many places sell it. It's the best stuff for hand sanding. So if you're heading over to Texas Flower Supply, make sure you put some Rhino Wet in your basket and use Knife Talk 10 and get 10% off. So do you guys want to look down the list? Maybe we'll do one question each now and then we'll, we'll call it a day. What do you think? While you guys are looking for a question, I want to tell the audience that we are going to bring back the All Beef Review this is the show we do once a year. It's my favorite show. Well, one of my favorite shows. And we read off your beefs or your hot takes. We'll take hot takes too. We read off your beefs and your hot takes. And it's the whole episode of you bitching. And I think, and we read off, you read off all your bitchings and it's always funny. So if you go to Knife Talk on Instagram, Knife Talk Podcast Instagram, and then in the in the top, in the first letter say this is for the all beef review and then you can give us don't give us the magna carta some of you guys are trying to be like uh, you know uh, shakespeare a little bit bring it you know pack it in you know pack it in nice and, and complete you know and then and then we'll read off the all beef review usually at the end of the year like january or something like that it's always fun yeah. Go and you should definitely go into the archives and listen to the all beef reviews because we had some good shit in there. There's some good episodes. There's some great. I don't think that there's one bad all beef review. Yeah, yeah. This is probably our maybe our fourth. Probably maybe yeah. Our fourth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Marekko, what have you got? Any questions? Then let's jump down. Okay, this one is from D- Tradition Knives. What's your thoughts on permanently putting the steel type on the knife? What do you guys think? Hmm. I've done it once or twice. Sure. Um, I think if it, if it, if it can be done sort of quite tastefully, I think if you if you're putting you know like a like a huge you know engraving or you know a huge mark on it, you know in a terrible font and all the rest of it, it can it can just look Comic really sad. Yeah, it can, <laughs> and I've you know I've seen people do that kind of stuff. It just looks terrible. But if you can do it. Tastefully, um, I think I think why not? Um, I, I don't do it as a matter of course in all my knives, but I've done it on some. Um, yeah, I've got no real problem with it. I mean, do, have you guys ever done it, or you know, what what are your thoughts on people who do? What do you think, Jeff? I mean, I don't do it myself. I don't. I I don't really get sentimental about anything. So, like, I would probably. I would. I 
I don't like that much on there. I like the least amount possible on there anyway, so mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't do it. But, you know, I know a lot of people do it. I think it's great for, you know, it's it's. I like the idea that it's about the longevity. When you're sending it down generations upon generations, they see that D2 and Comic Sans, and they know. <laughs> they know. They know that. I think there's somebody should use some Comic Sans for their shit. I don't know why. <laughs> I would buy Comic Sans knives. Yeah. yeah. Ben Kamen. That's what Ben Kamen's going to do next. Everything, those high level knives, everything's going to be in Comic Sans. <laughs> I mean, I personally don't see a reason to do it. I can see why maybe commercially uh, manufacturers do it. Um, but I think it really depends on your audience. And I think mm. it, it, it comes down to like it being kind of a, a marketing point. Oh, it's made from you know d2 or you know whatever steel s30 35 nv or whatever any kind of like names um i guess that's vn not nv anyways um i don't i think if your audience unless your audience is like really needs to see it on their blade to feel justified and and good about buying that thing then maybe that's it but i think i don't know kind of, again kind of goes back to the original question i think more than the actual steel quality, the people are buying the work because of you. And I don't, I don't, I don't really see the purpose of putting your the steel type on there really at all. There's some good steel names on there that would look good on a knife. Nitro sure. V. Yeah. Magna Cut. Magna Cut. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. That's <laughs> like, whoa! This is Magna Cut. Give me some of that. Sure. A, I think a, we see. More and more people getting lasers. I think we probably see it more often sure. because I see a lot of people they get a laser and they just can't help themselves. You know, put <laughs> laser everything. And I was the same when I first got mine. So yeah, I'm sure we're going to see more of it. But um, dude, yeah, yeah, I've got no I mean, real issue with it. it to me, it seems it seems like a like a sh- uh, an armchair expert kind of speaking point. You know, like oh, that's D two or that's Magna Cut. I don't really know what I'm saying, but this is what I read about it. <laughs> like. I think it's just I don't know it's 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 a sales point for some people but it, it honestly like there's a lot of really great materials out there and unless somebody is a super metallurgist or steel of the week nerd doesn't matter listen to me how's that for a hot take your most of the steels you make your knives out of it doesn't really matter as a, as long as it has 0.6% carbon or above in it how's that we need to do our own steel, and the knife stock steel. It's the I have already figured out the name, and okay. if you are listening, no, no, no. If you are listening, if you are a steel maker, and you are looking to sell all of your steel, we are offering to license the name. Fucking a. As the name of a steel, <laughs> you're gonna. We're, this is the name of the steel. is called fucking a. Fucking a is gonna be the greatest steel that you're gonna sell at all. I'm gonna make. What's that? Oh, that's an eight inch K tip and fucking a. Damn right. You're gonna put it on your comic sands on the side of the knife. Oh man, give me some of that fucking a. It's air quenched, obviously. And it's got high chromium, obviously. This is the baddest ass steel of all time. Fucking A. Yeah. Knife Talk 10 gets you 10% off your fucking A. There we go. And I think that's a show. I think we can call it a show there. Fucking A. Thank you all for listening, and we shall speak to you all very soon. 
Right. Welcome to the after show. For those in the know. For those in the know. <laughs> I want to talk about the... I don't, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I saw the Bond film this week. Oh, was it good? Oh, boy. Oh, the best Bond film I've ever seen. Really? I'm a bit, I love Bond films, too. It's incredible. It's very, very... It's got everything. It's got the... You know the villain on an, on his own private island. You know it's 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 got lots of references to the, the old Bonds. It, you know it's funny as a good you know good Bond should be. Um, but there's a hell of a, a hell of a thing that happens that right. you don't expect in a Bond, which I won't talk about. Wait a but. second. Now list your. Uh, this is going to de- your de- our decision is going to de- determine your 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 opinion. What's your what? Give me your top five Bond films. What's what's the one with where, where Bond is? You know the, the action s- sequence at the beginning. All the good Bonds have, where um, and also and then Carly Simon comes out. Nobody does it better. You know, and he, he's, he's oh, falling yeah, down with the parachute. That's octopus. Yes. Is that octopus? Really? Ah, I thought that's my sister. Okay. Or no, or, well, or uh, that the, one, or the spy who loved me. Isn't that one it where is. Christopher it is. Walken? That's that. Yeah, let me just pull it up. My sister something. I thought that Roger was Moore. He does. Um... See, I'm going Thunderball. Thunderball and Goldfinger are pretty hard to beat. And then all the mm. Daniel Craig ones are good. Yes, yeah. very. Uh, honestly, this is whether you're into Bonds or not. You know, even as a standalone movie, it's it's what what you want from a Bond. It's got everything. You know, all the action, um, smoking hot women as <laughs> they always do. Um, there's one woman in it where literally, I think everybody in the audience took a gasp. It was. She was like breathtaking, and she'd only been in for about maybe fifteen minutes. And it's just like wow. Really? But uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a real moment. But um, there's there's just so many references to like old bonds. Even there's one point where he's like in a tunnel, and he walks out of the tunnel, and the, and the camera view now he's just down this tunnel, and then he jumps into frame and does the shot. You know, just you know, pulls right. out his pistol, does the shot like they do in the credits. It's 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 just done superbly. It's done really well, and. Yeah, I'm excited for what's happening now with you know going forward because things will have to be very different because hmm. the way it it's sort of ended. But um, yeah, it's very good. Very good. Did you see Dune? No, I haven't seen oh, it. I, I know good. nothing of it really. I know I've heard oh. lots of people say it's great, but I, I don't really know anything of it. Did you see it, it? Mareko? I haven't seen it yet. I, I'm I have plans. I think next weekend to watch it. It's great. It's great. I'm a huge fan. I like the original Dune, to be honest with you. And mm-hmm. uh, the, I know the book. I, re- I think I read the book in college. It was. I think I was at a class. I had to read it. And I think I'm. I think I read. It. I don't remember if I totally read it, but <sighs> fucking good movie. Timothy mm-hmm. Chalamet rules. He's did a you see great. the King? Did no, you watch the King? King on Netflix? It's a movie. No, a different movie. He's in. Um, and it's on Netflix. You can stream it. It's pretty good. Um, but it's kind of like, uh, what is it? Kind of the whole situation of uh, like the dad's the king and the, the oldest son doesn't want to be king and then so on and so forth. There's a little bit of conflict there. And then, and he, in the, and Timothy is like this drunkard and womanizer. And, and then he has, then he's kind of like pushed into the position of becoming king and, and the whole conflict there. It's, it was good. It was interesting. Well, he's, He's excellent. He's excellent as Paul Atreides. Yeah, he's super talented. He's very, very good. I enjoyed it. I, I was furious that it was. I was looking at the. I was like, this. I thought it was a one and done movie, like the original Dune. 
And all of a sudden, I'm looking at that. I'm like, 13 minutes? They're never going to wrap this fucker up in 13 minutes. I'm like, oh, no, it's part one. <laughs> so it was really, it leaves you really kind of, it's the whole thing, is, it's beautifully made, the music and the film. The, the sand and the whole thing. Yeah. It's just, it's a beautiful movie to watch. Beautiful movie to watch. Really good. Yeah, really like I've heard nothing but great Us. things. Oh, dude, it's yeah. great. I mean, I mean, Jason Momoa is excellent, but I mean, he's no Shakespearean actor. He's just <laughs> he's spitting, out the, spitting out the lyrics like it. I'm hyped about the, have you seen the trailer for the Beatles documentary coming out? Or the Beatles show? Um, no. I think they call it the Get Back. I think they call it that. But um, basically, Disney have bought the rights to it. So it's, they, when they were recording Let It Be, um, they had a film crew with them the whole time, and the whole thing was, you know, they were going to release this film, but I'm recording Let It Be. But obviously, that's when they split up during the recording of it. Um, and so the, none of this footage has sort of seen the light of day until now. So they've edited it down to six hours. And they're going to make three two-hour shows, and mm. Disney Plus are going to show it in November. But the, the trailer for it just looks incredible. It looks beautiful as well because it's, it's shot on old film, but they've got the colours. And it, it's, yeah, I'm very That's pumped. So it's going to be very exciting. You're a big Beatles yeah. fan. Yes, yes, massively. Yes, yeah. Hmm. Who isn't? Yeah. It's weird. I mean, Beatles are fine. It's oh, like the Beatles of the Stones. You're a Stones fan, aren't you? Yeah, That's the it's, problem. It's, it. in, my, in my family, it's the Beatles. One sister likes the Beatles. Me and my other sister like the Stones. It's, it's always yeah. one or the other. Well, you know, the, the, the Beatles now have a drummer and a bass player left, and the Stones have everything, everybody but a drummer and a bass player. Imagine that as a band. Yeah, well, Bill Wyman's still alive. I mean, they just threw him oh, out. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. I mean, don't Take kill Bill Wyman yet. Jesus <laughs> Take Christ. It all back. Come on, man. He, just, he started like a... He's still, he's still got 20-year-olds to marry, he surely. Started, yeah. I think he started like a Rolling Stones Planet Hollywood restaurant or something like that. I think he's like cashing in. Oh, Bill, Bill Wyman didn't want any of that bullshit. He's, he's at it with he had it with Mick and Keith and Ronnie Woods. They're rolling him out. Ronnie Woods looks like he... They got Ronnie Woods. He's doing these... Instagram. I mean, they literally look like they literally look like they're all like they they're 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 stored in like formaldehyde. I mean, yeah, they do. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like they it's like climb if you out ever of their watch, jar. It's like when uh. you watch the Muppets and they have the really skinny Muppets where they're like the arms are like <laughs> they have like little sticks holding them. They look like they're really skinny Muppets, yeah. like just like. Whoa, man! Maybe you shouldn't move so fast. I don't yeah. know if you can handle. I mean, Keith. I mean, God bless him. There's a picture of Keith. There's a picture of Keith recently on a balcony with his shirt off, drinking oh, something, geez. and people thought it was the Queen. Oh, jeez, Keith. Right, let's call it a day. We're hour and a half in. I know Jeff, you need to be somewhere. So, thank you. Always good to talk to you guys. You too. You too. Yes, speak to you later. Bye for now. I get up in the evening And I ain't got nothing to say Come on in the morning I go to bed feeling the same way I ain't nothing but tired 
tired and bored with myself in it, baby. I could use just a little help. Can't start a fire. Can't start a fire without a spark. This gun's for hire. Even if we're just dancing in the dark. Messages keep getting clearer. Radio's on and I'm moving around the place. I check myself in the mirror. I want to change my clothes, my hair, my face Man, I'm getting nowhere I'm just living in a dump like this Something happening somewhere Hey, baby, I know that there is You can't start a fire You can't start a fire without a spark This gun's for hire even if we're just dancing in the dark you Sit around getting older There's a joke here somewhere And it's all on me Shake the world off my shoulders Come on, baby, laugh's on me Stay on the streets of this town They'll be carving you up all right They say you gotta stay hungry Hey baby, I'm just about starving tonight I'm dying for some action I'm sick of sitting around Trying to write this book I need a love reaction Hey baby, give me just one look You can't start a fire can't start a fire without a spark This gun's for hire Even if we're just dancing in the dark Even if we're just dancing in the dark At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 